I was faced with a dilemma. It was the summer of 2012, and I was in the final countdown of an eBay auction that was ending in less than a minute. I had gotten back into collecting vintage Star Wars action figures only a year earlier, as I found myself bitten by the collecting bug again. My two goals at the time were simple, to pick up as many carded figures as I could at good prices, and to complete a run of the loose Power of the Force figures I never had. As a child, I owned three of the last 17 figures Kenner produced. They were a gift from my aunt, and they came with an updated Jabba's Dungeon playset. The playset did not have the Power of the Force logo on the box. Instead, it was still sold under the Return of the Jedi line. And they were the last Star Wars figures I ever received, while the toys were still sold at retail stores. Years later, in around 1992 or 1993, I saw the Power of the Force figures for the first time at a toy show in Long Island. Finding out that there were 17 additional figures for a line I did not know existed until that day was a wonderful surprise. I liken it to discovering a previously unknown album from a favorite band, from the era in which their music was the most impactful. By the time I stumbled upon these Power of the Force figures in the early 1990s, the prices were way beyond what I could afford at the time. But by 2012, I had more disposable income and had set out to pick up all 17 Power of the Force action figures. The figures were fairly cheap then. I remember winning an eBay auction for a complete R2-D2 with a pop-up saber for $39 around that time. I think the dip in prices was due partly to a waning interest in Star Wars, as Disney had neither purchased Lucasfilm nor announced a new trilogy of films yet. And a larger part was that eBay had become the world's marketplace for collectibles, and loose figures were plentiful on the site. But while the figures themselves were affordable, many of them came without their accessories. Sure, you could buy a Luke Stormtrooper figure on eBay, but finding one with its helmet and black blaster was an entirely different story. As rare as Power of the Force figures were, the accessories were even rarer. I took note on that and picked up any of them whenever I had the opportunity. I worried that the reproduction accessories that were available and were easily detectable would eventually become harder to distinguish. And I wanted to make sure I had the real thing, and had a solid supply of them too. So on a summer day in 2012, I found myself staring at my computer screen as the final 30 seconds ticked down in the eBay auction I had watched during the previous week. The auction was for a small lot of 12 vintage Star Wars weapons. They were arranged somewhat carefully and somewhat scattered, but the seller included clear and detailed photos of the lot. One of the weapons was a dark blue-gray blaster. The rest were all Power of the Force accessories. The offering consisted of a yak face staff, spears belonging to Poplu and Ramba, bows for Warrock and Lumat, and two black palace blasters belonging to Luke and Lando. But the gems of the lot were the four black Endor blasters that came with the Imperial Gunner and the A-Wing Pilot. The Endor Blasters were some of the smallest Star Wars accessories Kenner produced, and would disappear pretty quickly, especially in the hands of a child. With ten seconds left in the auction, I decided I would go all in on the lot. 
Other bidders pushed the lot higher and higher, and with about four seconds to spare, I typed in $200. $200 may not sound like a lot of money, but I was still in the earliest phase of collecting. I had recently purchased a carded Luke Jedi for $80 and stressed about the expense for a few days after winning it. I had gotten caught up in the momentum for the accessories auction and won the 12 weapons for $183. Removing the one non-Power of the Force blaster from that lot, I figured paying almost $17 for each accessory was a massive overspend, even if they belonged to the Power of the Force toys. And so I stressed again over the realized price for the next few days. By the time the accessories arrived in the mail, I had come to terms with what I had spent, and I was thrilled to add them to my collection. I remember reminding myself at the time, I had purchased these pieces for a specific reason. They would be resources for my collection. I had done my research on them and made sure they were authentic before I bought them. And now that I had a majority of the Power of the Force accessories, I would compare them with future accessory purchases to make sure they were authentic too. Those early acquisitions served as a type of plastic database over the years. And my prediction was correct. As the years progressed, so did the quality of the reproduction accessories. As more and more collectors became desperate for the real pieces, and the real ones became harder and harder to find, the prices continued to climb. Picking up that lot of 12 weapons in 2012 turned out to be a very wise decision. With prices for all things Power of the Force skyrocketing over the past year, I would estimate the value of that same lot today would be around $1,400. And the supercharged interest in the Power of the Force figures and accessories shows no sign of slowing down anytime soon. This is a look at the current prices for all of the 21 accessories for the Power of the Force figure line from 1985. This is a snapshot of where the Star Wars collector market is today, and how Power of the Force items have become white-hot collectibles. This is, as C-3PO would say, madness. This is the state of our hobby. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. After the Star Wars film trilogy ended in 1983 with the release of Return of the Jedi, Kenner Toys created a fourth line of figures to keep children and collectors interested in the franchise. Known as the Power of the Force, the line was a collection of figures spanning the three films of the original trilogy, 
with offerings from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Of the final 17 figures released by Kenner, 15 of them made their debut in 1985 on Power of the Force cardbacks. Only two of them, the Ewoks Lumat and Poplu, first premiered on Star Wars Return of the Jedi cardbacks at the very end of the line, before transitioning to Power of the Force cards. Three of the last 17 figures did not come with any accessories. They are the Force Ghost Anakin Skywalker, the purple-clad Imperial Dignitary, and Jabba the Hutt's female torture droid, EV-99. Today, I'll be covering the accessories that came with the following 14 figures. A Manaman, A-Wing Pilot, Barada, Han Solo and Carbonite, the Imperial Gunner, Lando Calrissian, General Pilot, Luke Skywalker in Battle Poncho, Luke Skywalker Stormtrooper Disguise, Lumat, Poplu, R2-D2 with the pop-up lightsaber, Ramba, Warrock, and Yakface. In total, the Power of the Force figures came with 21 unique accessories. In this episode, we'll look at all 21 items, which I have ranked in order of their current marketplace values. We'll start with the ones selling in the cheapest price range at number 21, and we'll work our way to the most expensive Power of the Force accessory at number 1. And stay tuned to the end, because I'll give you the total cost of completing all 17 figures with their accessories. Number 21. The Skiff Vibro Staff. The Skiff Vibro Staff came with two of the last 17 figures, Barada and Yakface. Both figures have seen a surge in value recently, especially the Barada. I remember the days of being able to get a complete Barada for $40. Now that's the price some people pay for the staff alone. The Skiff Vibro Staff is the cheapest of all of the Power of the Force accessories. Originally, it came with another Skiff Guard, Nikto, for the Return of the Jedi line. This may also be the reason why the price is still low for the staff. Currently, it sells in the $20 to $40 range. Something of interest to note. When the staff is listed as a Yak Face staff, it generally sells for more money than if it is solely listed as a Barada staff and the price difference can be substantial, especially if the buyer is unaware that the staff is not only non-exclusive to Yakface in the Power of the Force line, but that it also came with Return of the Jedi's Nikto as well. Number 20. Lumat's Cal. Each of the four Ewoks in the Power of the Force line came with a unique cowl, or hood, the cowl was made from a softer, rubbery plastic that fit the character's head perfectly. Lumat's cowl is more of an olive color 
and it was designed to look like the character stitched the back of it himself for a better fit. I think Lumat's cowl is the cheapest of the four, because the figure has been one of the cheaper Power of the Force figures over the years. And while it is harder to find his other accessories, most of the Lumats that have exchanged hands have come with a cowl. As the price on this figure continues to rise, I expect the price of his cowl to increase as well. Lumat's cowl has been selling consistently in the $20 to $30 range. Number 19, Poplu's Cowl. Next up is the cowl for Poplu. Poplu and Lumat are the two most common Power of the Force figures, and were actually released as the final two characters in the Return of the Jedi line, before joining the Power of the Force lineup. So it only makes sense that Poplu's cowl would be a cheaper accessory as well. Like Lumat, most Poplu figures have had their cowls over the years and the demand is not as high for one as it is for some of the other Ewoks. Poplu's cowl is light beige in color, and has the most paint applications on it. It has what looks like two white mice-like animals on the part that covers the chest, a black stone on the top of the cowl between the openings for Poplu's ears, and red feathers on the top and side of the headdress. Poplu's cowl sells for between $30 and $40, which is more than the price of a complete Poplu only a few years ago. Number 18. Lumat's Quiver In addition to being adorned with a cowl, Lumat also came with an over-the-shoulder accessory. A container that held arrows, known as a quiver, was produced in the same color as Lumat's cowl and hung across his body. The quiver had two tiny arrowheads sticking out of it, which were painted in white, and while it was made of a more flexible plastic, it was not as rubbery as the cowl. Lumat's quiver has been selling in the $30 to $40 range, with some selling as high as $50 lately. Number 17, Poplu's Staff. Poplu's Staff is the second of two accessories that came with the figure, and is generally the more expensive one. It is notable because it is a weapon that is unique to this character, and was not sold with any other Ewoks. The staff is a golden brown color, with wavy vertical markings in it to make it look like a piece of wood or a branch. The top of the staff is shaped like the letter V, with two long bulbous prongs. It appears the staff was produced from a few different molds, and a few variants exist. Below the split of the V, the staff is usually marked with a mold letter embedded in the plastic, such as an A or a backwards S, similar to what we've seen with the letters on the double telescoping lightsabers and the points at the top of the staff can be smaller or larger when compared to other mold variations too. Over the past few months, Poplu's staff has sold in the $40 to $50 range.
Number 16. Ramba's Spear If you expected Ramba's Spear to be further down on the list due to the figure's overall rarity, I'd say that would have been a pretty logical assumption. And if the spear was exclusive to this figure, your assumption would have been correct. But like the Skiff Vibrostaff, this is another case in which a Power of the Force accessory was initially introduced for a Return of the Jedi character. In addition to being Ramba's accessory, the spear was also sold with one of the smallest figures in the Kenner line, the Ewok Wicket W. Warwick. So out of all of the Ewok weapons sold with the Power of the Force figures, this is probably the most common one. However, both Wicket and Ramba have experienced a surge in value recently, and the spear has risen in value as well. And due to Ramba's Power of the Force connection and Wicket's popularity, there isn't really a price difference when the spear is listed for sale as being for a specific figure. Generally, the price range for the Ramba spear is between $40 and $50, and is slowly and steadily rising. Number 15. Lumat's Bow Where Ramba's spear came with two different Kenner characters, Lumat's bow was only offered with the Lumat figure. It appears to have been cast from the same molds as the Warrock bow, which we'll discuss later, but the color is exclusive to Lumat. Lumat's bow is instantly recognizable because it is a light brown, with the string of the bow being such a thin piece of plastic that in certain lighting, it appears slightly translucent. So if this is an exclusive accessory, why is this one at the cheaper end of the list? Lumat was first released in the Return of the Jedi line, which means that there were likely more Lumats available than some of the Ewoks introduced during the Power of the Force's run at retail. While Lumat has been a more common figure, finding Lumat's bow for sale has become harder over the years, and the price has ticked higher and higher as more collectors attempt to complete their Ewoks. A few years ago, at 2017's New York Comic Con, my good friend Al Torello picked up seven carded Power of the Force Lumats for a total of $210, which comes out to $30 apiece. Today, the seven Lumat bows alone would sell for double what Al paid for the entire lot of carded figures. Lumat's bow consistently sells in the $50 to $60 range, although a few outliers have sold as high as $80. I believe a range of $70 to $80 for a Lumat bow will be a reality in the near future. Number 14. Ramba's Cow A cow is really a loose-fitting hood, and in Ramba's case, this one fits him pretty snugly. You can always tell a Ramba hood from the others in that it is the only one that has two rubbery points hanging down from the front, around the neck area, and the other Ewok cowls only have one point. And where Lumat's hood is closer to an olive color, Ramba's is a gray-brown. It has no paint applications on it, but the front of the cowl contains some pretty interesting sculpting designs that capture some of the adornments worn by his film counterpart. 
As this is an accessory exclusive to a character released only in the Power of the Force line, the price is a little higher on this one right now, in the range of $50 to $70. Number 13, Warrock's Cowl. As we finish with the rubbery cowls that came with the Ewoks, Warrock's Cowl is the last of the four, and is the most expensive. It's another exclusive accessory for a Power of the Force only release, and is probably the most desirable one as well. Warrock's Cowl is a brownish purple in color, and lacks detail like some of the others. It has one painted element on it, what appears to be a green feather that sits atop the right ear opening on the hood. Currently, a Warrock cowl will fetch between $50 and $70 on the collector's market. But as the figure's value has increased massively over the past year, I expect the cowl to inch closer to $100 over the next year or so. Number 12, Warrock's Quiver. This is the second of the two quivers available in the Power of the Force toy line. Again, a quiver is a container that holds arrows, and Warrock's is noticeably different than the one belonging to the other Ewok archer, Lumat. Warrock's Quiver is cast in a slightly darker green and is unpainted. The shape of the strap that connects the quiver and hangs from Warrock's shoulder is wider to accompany Warrock's body. And where Lumat's quiver contains two painted arrows, Warrock's contains four unpainted ones. The price for a Warrock quiver is similar to his cowl, and is in the $50 to $70 range. And as I mentioned earlier, with Warrock being a very desirable figure this year, as his value rises, the prices of his accessories will continue to increase as well. Okay, we've reached the midpoint of our list. If you're like me and you've been following the prices of the Power of the Force figures over the years, you're probably shocked to hear the values of the items often considered the cheaper last 17 accessories by collectors. The last one I mentioned reached $70 at the high end of its range. For the second half of the list, we'll be looking at some of the most in-demand Star Wars accessories, and you may be surprised by the prices these pieces are currently commanding. And they are selling faster than you'd imagine, too. Let's explore the rest of the Power of the Force accessories. Number 11. Luke Skywalker's Endor Belt Luke Skywalker in Battle Poncho, better known to collectors as Endor Luke or Luke Poncho, came with a unique belt. The belt, which was produced in a solid black rubber, held the figure's poncho tightly around the torso. The front and right side of the belt was adorned with small, sculpted, trapezoidal and rectangular pouches, similar to what you'd see on a superhero's utility belt 
The right side of the belt also contained a holster with an opening to fit Luke's blaster. Luke is not the only Star Wars figure to come with a belt. His sister Leia was released wearing an Endor poncho and belt for the Return of the Jedi line in 1983. But there are two noticeable differences in the two siblings' belts that collectors should note when hunting for them. The first is the number of notches in the belt. On both characters, the belt closes around the figure's waist by slipping the thin pointed end into a D-shaped opening in the other end. A series of raised notches along the pointed end keeps the belt from coming apart once it is secured around the figure's torso. Luke's belt contains three notches, while Leia's only has two. This is the easiest way to tell whether a belt is from the Return of the Jedi line or from the Power of the Force. The second is in the length. Luke's belt is slightly longer than Leia's. And in some cases, the interior of the holster of Leia's belt may have a mold number between 1 and 8, whereas Luke's does not contain any numbering in the same location. If you've been collecting for a while but have not checked the recent prices of a Luke Poncho belt, you may be shocked to hear that they have been selling in the $80 to $100 range. That's substantially higher than the Leia belts, which are valued at $30. Number 10. Luke's Endor Poncho. If you thought Luke's belt was expensive, wait until you hear the price of his poncho. As their cardbacks indicate, Leia came with a combat poncho, and this Power of the Force Luke figure came dressed in a battle poncho. Apparently, the battle poncho is the designer version because it's certainly a more expensive upgrade. The ponchos are easily distinguishable, as Leia's is a light green with a dark green camouflage pattern on it. Luke's is a light beige, almost a gray, with brown serpentine-like patterns on it and a hood. The demand for the Luke poncho figure has increased immensely over the past six months, and as collectors scour the internet and toy shows in an attempt to complete their loose figures with authentic accessories, finding a poncho is not only a challenge, but can be costly too. Expect to pay somewhere in the $85 to $125 range for a poncho for your Power of the Force Luke figure. That may sound like a pretty wide range, and if I were to narrow it down a bit, I'd guess that we may be beyond the point of finding an authentic poncho for under $100. Number 9. Warrock's Bow Rounding out the Ewoks' accessories for the Power of the Force line is the most expensive weapon for the little furry allies of the Rebellion, Warrock's Bow. Warrock's Bow was based on the same sculpt used for Lumat's light brown bow. The difference here is that Warrock's is a dark brown. As I mentioned earlier, Warrock is the most expensive of the four Ewoks, so it would make sense that his bow would command a premium especially in a toy market as hot as the current one. Right now, there is a substantial price difference between the value of Warrock's bow and the price for any of the other Power of the Force Ewoks accessories. 
Warrock's bow, if you can find one for sale, will likely be in the $100 to $125 range. Number 8. General Lando's Cape Most of the loose Lando General figures I've seen coming from childhood collections over the years no longer have their capes. And for as long as I've been collecting Power of the Force figures, finding these capes have been incredibly difficult. Lando's cape is a lighter and shinier material than Luke Jedi's cloak, and it falls somewhere between a soft pink and purple, depending on how the light hits it. Ever the stylish leader, Lando's cape matches his pants. I've only found a few authentic examples for sale over the past few months, and they have been in the $100 to $130 price range. Still, that may be on the lower end of the spectrum, as I think the value of the cape may soon sell for $150 on a regular basis, due to how few there are for sale, and to the fact that many collectors do not want to part with the ones that they have. Number 7. A Manaman's Staff A Manaman's Staff is certainly the largest and heaviest accessory held by a figure in the Kenner line. It is made of a lighter matte brown plastic and contains a lot of interesting sculptural details. The lower half is long and slender, with little grooves carved into it, and the staff always seems to have a slight bend to it. The top half contains some horrifying elements, especially for a children's toy. Two white-painted, skull-shaped, shrunken heads hang from the three-pronged tip of the staff, and an unpainted hand hangs next to the largest skull at the center of the staff. Below the hand is a mass that appears to be an unpainted feather, a, a tangle of rope, or something else entirely. Without paint applications, it's hard to know just what the sculptor intended. On the left side of the staff is a curved branch with a third skull impaled upon it. Seriously, I don't think I ever really took the time to inspect a man, -a -man staff, and I never noticed how gruesome it is. And to think, I owned this toy as a child. It was difficult to track down prices for loose Amanaman staffs. Very few have been offered for sale recently. The range is between $100 and $150, but I think $150 is easily the new standard for these accessories. In fact, I think we're going to see a jump in price to the $175 to $200 range, and we'll look back fondly on those days in which a collector could snatch one up for under $150. Number 6. The Black Palace Blaster In the 1983 Return of the Jedi line, the Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight figure came with an exclusive palace blaster. Depending on the factory in which the figure was produced, the palace blaster would either be light gray, a darker gray, or a brownish olive color. Two years later, two Power of the Force figures were released with the palace blaster but this time the weapon was produced in black. 
This black palace blaster came with the Luke in Battle Poncho and the Lando General. While the Luke Jedi blaster only came with that figure, it's safe to assume that many more Luke Jedi figures were produced, and for a longer period of time. Luke Jedi was also released on a Power of the Force card, as he remained a popular figure. But fewer Power of the Force figures were produced as the Star Wars toy line neared its end. And from hunting all variations of the Palace Blaster over the years at toy shows and in online marketplaces, I can tell you that the Black Blasters are fewer and are much harder to find for sale. And the fact that the ones out there are needed to complete two figures makes picking up one even more challenging and costly. A few years ago, when I was in Nashville for the ICCC convention, I picked up a Black Palace Blaster for $60 during the room sales event. The Black Weapons had been selling consistently in the $60 to $80 range, and while I was paying market prices for one, I felt like I was coming away with a pretty good deal. Today, these Black Palace Blasters will command prices in the range of $125 to $150. Expect this one to increase in value over the next year as well. Number 5. Han's Carbonite Block Han Solo in Carbonite Chamber was the figure that Star Wars fans wanted since seeing Han temporarily frozen in The Empire Strikes Back. Kenner released the figure five years later in the Power of the Force line, complete with a semi-translucent hollowed-out carbonite block that, when put in front of the figure, made it appear that Han was encased. The block is certainly the largest accessory to come with a carded Kenner Star Wars figure, and it demonstrates the creativity Kenner displayed with its final film line. As with most of the more expensive accessories, there are reproductions out there that are very close to the originals, and Han's carbonite block is no exception. Strangely enough, for as popular as it has been, the Han carbonite figure was one of the last Power of the Force figures to experience a surge in value. For the longest time, picking up a complete Han carbonite was fairly cheap. Now the carbonite accessory sells in the $130 to $160 range, with a few outliers selling higher. It won't be long until this plastic block hits $200. Number 4. Luke's Stormtrooper Helmet For many collectors, Luke Skywalker in Imperial Stormtrooper outfit is the pinnacle of Power of the Force offerings. Fans have been clamoring for a Luke Stormtrooper release since Luke first donned the disguise on the Death Star during the rescue of Princess Leia. And while most of us have had to wait until the late 1990s for a Han Stormtrooper figure, having a Luke Stormtrooper in the original Kenner line was a blessing. Finding a Stormtrooper helmet for a Luke figure is no easy feat, and finding one that is white and mint is exponentially harder. Most of the helmets have yellowed slightly over the years due to degradation of the plastic. But it seems like collectors are desperate to get their hands on any available helmets, regardless of the condition. 
A helmet for one of the most popular and desirable figures in the entire line will run in the $150 to $175 range. And if the price of a Luke Stormtrooper figure keeps rising along its current trajectory, I truly believe collectors will one day pay $250 for a Stormtrooper helmet. Number 3. The Black Endor Blaster In the Power of the Force line, the smallest weapon comes with one of the largest price tags. The Endor Blaster was introduced during the Return of the Jedi line, with characters like Leia Endor, the ATST driver, and the B-Wing pilot, and was gray-blue or blue in color. In 1985, the Endor Blaster came with two Power of the Force figures the A-Wing pilot, and the Imperial gunner. And the main and costly difference here is that the Power of the Force and or blasters were black. Up until recently, it's been pretty easy to tell the difference between a real black and or blaster and the reproductions produced in the 1990s and 2000s. However, a number of the recent ones have gotten a lot of the details right, and collectors really need to do their research before picking up an Endor blaster for their A-Wing pilot or Imperial gunner. And speaking of the figures, they have been two of the hottest and most in-demand Star Wars figures since last year. For years, the Imperial gunner has been the more popular of the two, with the A-Wing pilot's value at a distant second. But for the first time, the value of the A-Wing pilot has matched or has risen beyond that of the Imperial Gunner. Both are commanding extremely high prices, whether carded or loose. And with the rising prices for both figures, the Black Endor Blaster has catapulted itself into the top three most valuable accessories for the Power of the Force line, if not for the entire Kenner line. This Endor Blaster is not only needed to complete two of the more desirable last 17 figures, but it is also in the top three for another list, the smallest accessories produced for Kenner's Star Wars figures. This blaster is so tiny that many were simply lost in the 1980s, falling into the grass in a child's backyard, or disappearing into a thick carpet, or being swept up by a vacuum cleaner. Very few of these black Endor blasters have come up for sale recently, and the ones that have tend to sell in the $175 to $200 range. However, the most recent blasters to sell on eBay sold for $250, marking an all-new high for these tiny accessories. Number 2. Luke's Stormtrooper Blaster The Stormtrooper Blasters produced by Kenner come in many colors. Blue, dark blue, a grayish black, dark green, a translucent dark green, a blue green, and a blue black. These are some of the main color combinations of the plastic for this accessory. But only the Luke Stormtrooper figure came with a true black Imperial Blaster. Some of the dark gray-black ones appear to be black until you hold them up to the light. 
With the Luke Stormtrooper Blaster, the weapon is solid black, and there are no translucent edges, like you'd find on any of the other Imperial Blasters. And given the fact that Luke Stormtrooper is one of the rarest and most expensive figures in the Star Wars action figure line, it's really no surprise that this solid black blaster sits at number two on our list today. But just like Luke wasn't the only Force-sensitive being left in Return of the Jedi, he wasn't the only figure produced by Kenner that wielded this particular weapon. There have been two cheaper ways of obtaining the impossible-to-find Black Stormtrooper Blaster, but you'd have to look beyond the figures of the original trilogy to find one. In 1985, Kenner also released a collection of figures for the Droids animated series, and two figures from this line came with a solid Black Stormtrooper Blaster. They were the purple creature Kezi Ban and the Mohawk speeder racer Thal Jobin. Thal Jobin has always been the cheapest option for getting the Black Blaster. In 2012, after uncovering the fact that the Luke Stormtrooper Blaster was sold in the droids line, I started picking up as many carded Thal Jobin figures as I could, and purchased most of them for about $35 each. And although I could never bring myself to open up any of them, I'm happy I picked them up when I did. Luke Stormtrooper's popularity is showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon. And as the figure now sells for more than $500 complete, the blaster will always be a large part of Luke's climbing value. Currently, the price of a Luke Stormtrooper solid black Imperial blaster is in the $250 to $300 range. There will come a point in the future where collectors will have to shell out $400 for the blaster alone and that time might be here sooner than we think. Number one. And the number one most expensive accessory for the Power of the Force figure line is actually another Luke Skywalker weapon, a green lightsaber. Except it didn't come with a Luke figure. Instead, it came with his companion droid, R2-D2. The Power of the Force R2-D2 was unique in that it came with a pop-up lightsaber to recreate the scene from Jabba's sail barge in which the little droid launched Luke's lightsaber to him during the daring rescue of their friend Han Solo. The green saber is noticeably different from any other lightsaber released by Kenner up to that point. In order to fit in the droid's body, it is substantially smaller in size. It is also thicker than other lightsabers, with very little detail on the handle, and with a bulbous tip of the illuminated blade itself. In all honesty, it looks more like a police baton than a lightsaber. There are three main color variants for R2's pop-up saber. Comparing the three, the Power of the Force version is a medium green, and the Glassleet version from Brazil is a light green, and the one that came with the droid's cartoon R2 is a darker green. So this Power of the Force Saber came with and without an ejector pin mark, also known as an EPM. An EPM is a raised or indented circle somewhere on the plastic that marks the site of where the saber was originally connected to the plastic sprue tree from which it was produced. 
The EPM is where the saber broke away from the sprue after the plastic had cooled in the mold. The R2-D2 pop-up saber has been selling consistently for $300 for a while now, and has been rising to the $300 to $350 range. And that is why it is number one on our list. The few that are offered for sale are usually snatched up in minutes. It is, without a doubt, one of the most desired tiny pieces of plastic in the Star Wars universe. So that is the list of all 21 Power of the Force accessories, ranked by current values and realized prices. The Power of the Force line is hotter than ever, with prices spiking each month, and with collectors rushing to snatch up any available pieces. Before we wrap up, I have one really interesting question I'd like to answer for you. If you had all of the final 17 figures, but none of their accessories, what would it cost to complete your Power of the Force figures? As I stated earlier, there are 21 unique accessories for the line. However, three figures share the same weapon, so you'd have to get two of each of them in order to complete all 17 figures. Yakface and Barada each come with a skiff vibro staff. The Imperial Gunner and A-Wing Pilot come with a tiny black Endor blaster and both Luke Poncho and Lando General were packaged with Black Palace Blasters. So doing the quick math, 21 accessories plus 3 duplicates gives us a total of 24 accessories. How much would all 24 accessories cost you? Assuming you were purchasing them at the top end of their current price ranges, because hey, they're certainly not getting any cheaper, and there are very few available right now. The total cost for all 10 Ewok accessories, 2 Palace Blasters, 2 Endor Blasters, Lando's Cape, Luke's Stormtrooper Helmet and Blaster, Han's Carbonite Block, 2 Vibro Staffs, a Man of Man Staff, Luke's Poncho and Belt, and R2-D2's Green Lightsaber would be... Before I give you the answer, any guesses? For all 24 accessories, it would cost you about $2,900 to complete the last 17 Power of the Force figures. And considering three of the figures did not come with any accessories, that's a pretty hefty sum for the 14 that did. Thank you for joining me for a look today at the Power of the Force accessory marketplace. Since the pandemic began, prices for Star Wars figures and many collectibles have hit the stratosphere, and I truly do not see the interest nor the demand for these Star Wars items dropping from their current values. It will only become harder and harder to get authentic Power of the Force accessories, and there will be a point in the future in which this list will look pretty cheap. Expect prices on most pieces to double over the next few years, if not sooner. So pick them up while you can, especially if you can get a good deal on some of them. 
Thank you for listening to Star Wars Prototypes and Production. I hope this episode was as entertaining to listen to as it was to research and to put together. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow or subscribe. It's free to do so. And please leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. I cannot tell you how much reviews help to get the word out about the podcast, especially on algorithm-based listening experience platforms like iTunes. Taking two minutes of your time to help me with this would mean the world to me. And I'll be doing a series of episodes in which I continue to explore various interesting aspects of the Star Wars vintage figure marketplace. And hopefully we'll be joined by a few knowledgeable friends for some future episodes as well, so they can share their insight into the values and prices of Star Wars collectibles. Until next time, keep reading, researching, and learning. Help make the lives of those around you a little brighter. And may the Force be with you, always. Always.